0: It's Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. With TSWA Hall of Famer Maurice Patton, here's Chris Yao. Are we back, J.P.? Um, we, we are we are back in, yes. Um, okay. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm quite impressed. I, I was a little worried, uh, the proposition of, of doing the show from home, um, which we've done and we can do. Uh, however, there was the potential for loss of power, which obviously you can't do yes. anything about. Um, uh, Internet also needs to, to be working, but uh, I'm sure there's a lot of... Um, a lot of clogging of those uh, those bandwidth cables, but anyway, uh, we are back on uh, radio and Facebook. So, uh, and we do have Chip in queue ready when you guys are ready to talk to him.
1: Well, welcome back in then to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports today. <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> you're right, and you know, I was I was super worried about it because I was like, you know i have I have my iPad which has. AT&T cell service but like and we charged everything like we made sure everything was charged and I don't know about you guys but we, we were we had our our power banks charged up like we were ready to go we, we we matter of fact we blew up the air mattress last night and stuck it in front of the fireplace just in case oh nice uh, yeah so <laughs> we we had every intention of being down here if we needed to it was uh, it was wild um but yeah, so we get it. Internet is an issue. Power can be an issue, especially with ice. Yeah. I mean, snow is one thing, but ice is a completely different. Like that, that can hang on those on those power lines and mm-hmm. yank them down pretty quick.
0: <laughs> yeah, I've, um, I've I've figured that you know down here in Lawrenceburg, it's the uh, the ten a.m. Uh, internet shift change. Sometimes there's uh, there's an overlap. <laughs> it seems to happen about that time, and uh, the new shift is uh, is in place, and hopefully we'll be good for the uh, remainder of this hour.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, it's funny. We, we've we've always said that on this show. We we need to just do a whole reset at ten o'clock. Yeah. we just need to well, reset everything.
0: Yeah, we may have. Um, to. Yep.
1: But that's okay. Right now we're going to bring in Chip Walters, the voice of the Blue Raiders, brought to you each and every Monday by the law office of Blake Kelly. He services Middle Tennessee in accident and injury law. Give him a call, 615-305-4539, or just find him on Facebook or Instagram. Uh, I did see he he checked out one of our shows on – uh, on Facebook, we are on Facebook Live. So if you want to interact with us, and we can pass the questions along to Chip if you want. But right now, we welcome in the voice of the Blue Raiders, Chip Walters. What's going on?
2: Well, I'm just glad it wasn't me today that that uh, screwed up the connection. So I'm happy to pass that buck along.
1: This guy has the best sounding. Uh, <laughs> this guy is the best sounding stuff of any of us.
2: Well, you know, I just—I just, we, I, I've just I got a little setups, cheap headset. Well, I'm, I, today I'm just—I'm just on a cell phone call with a little cheap uh, with a little headset on. So, anyway, that uh, apparently it's cutting through the the ice and snow okay today. That's good. Hope you guys are good. Oh
1: man, we're doing great. Um, over the weekend, did you tri- Did you make the trip to West Virginia?
2: No, I did uh did both of those games remotely and uh you know uh, it's, it's yeah, you know it was I I I couldn't be on the bus uh with the team so it was either either go remote or make that drive you know by myself and you know it was uh you know with the impending weather you had a lot you know that a lot of that going on and plus uh, it was an ESPN Plus uh, telecast, so you figured you were going to get uh, get decent uh, video to do it from, and, and we did. Uh, so that worked out worked out okay. Uh, Marshall is really good, and and you know, Middle played probably two of its better offensive games, but they are the they're the strangest matchup, and the. Probably for this year's middle team that has struggled on the offensive end, Marshall's probably the worst matchup in in the conference simply because of how fast they play uh, and that it's it's a very freewheeling uh, style that they affectionately call themselves hillbilly ball. And uh, and and Dan D'Antoni, who's a, a Marshall grad, has been the head coach now for seven years. And when he came in. The, the way they play, everybody just kind of laughed and thought it was a novelty and now seven years later they're still playing the same way. They're plugging in uh, you know, new players. They re, they've recruited well to what they do and right now they are uh, when you look at uh, the net rankings uh, and I haven't seen the new ones this morning and it may have changed after UAB uh, was swept over the weekend, but but going into the weekend, UAB was the number one net ranked team in Conference USA. Marshall was second, actually ahead of Western Kentucky, who I, I thought Western would be there with their you know two wins, their two the two non conference wins they had over Memphis and Alabama. But but uh, Western was actually third, and then Louisiana Tech fourth. So there could be some shifting right there with Louisiana Tech getting a couple of wins uh, over UAB over the weekend. Marshall may very well this morning. I have, like I said, I haven't seen the new net rankings, but they may be the top uh, net ranked team in the conference this week.
1: Yeah, it's, it was an an, uh, an awfully odd weekend in men's basketball in Conference USA, as you said, with UAB getting beaten twice by La Tech, and they weren't particularly close. That first one certainly wasn't. Um, So, (laughs) it was um, a a very wild weekend. Um, What what you mentioned was that Marshall is an offensive juggernaut. What I saw is, you know, obviously that second game, we've we've talked about the back-to-back games. What I saw from Middle Tennessee State was kind of, it felt like they just kind of went with their five guys and, And use some bench guys to maybe get a couple of minutes here and there for some breathers. But it was, in that in game two, it was it was pretty much the starting five
2: all the way through, wasn't it? Well, it was. They they didn't go as deep into the bench uh, like you said on on Saturday as they did Friday, and you know the Marshall's goal on every offensive possession, they want to get a shot off in the first eight seconds of the shot clock that's what they try to do and and the way they run the floor and even I mean they do things that you know us old-school hardcore guys uh, you know from the you know Hoosiers uh, style of, of basketball you know X number you know the Norman Dale you know four passes that kind of shot to set up a to get a good shot there are no bad shots in their in the way that they play, and they also there's no reprimand if let's say their opponent has a live ball turnover heads the other way for a basket. There's no reprimand from the bench. If a couple of guys just hang out on their own offensive end, because all they're doing is waiting to get the ball back, you you being on offense uh, against them <laughs> is just a nuisance. Wait, you know, for them waiting to get it back to to get another shot off. But they've got a kid named Tavion Kinsey. Well, we all know who John Elmore was, and and what a a fantastic shooter he was. Uh, but they have a kid named Tavion Kinsey, who um, he's a junior. He, uh, and he is an absolute highlight film. Uh, he, he only takes one or two shots from outside the arc every game, but he has, he, you know, you talk about three level scores. He's probably a five level score. I mean, there's not a point on the floor in particular inside the, inside the three point line that he can't score from. And what they try to do is, I mean, they hit, both teams hit a, just a ton of threes all weekend, but they they also had they had thirty eight points in the paint on Friday and forty nine points in the paint on Saturday, but probably only about twenty percent of that came from post players. It was all how they spread you out and just try to straight line drive to the rim and try to get one on one matchups. It, it is a, it is a it's the most unique style of play in the league. And, again, in in middle's makeup this year, it's uh, it's not a good matchup. UAB, Western, Louisiana Tech are all better matchups for middle because they play more of a traditional style. And Mm -hmm. we'll find out about that this week because Louisiana Tech is coming in Friday and Saturday.
1: Yeah, you know, if you look at statistics now, as a guy who was – I played the JV level – And and D3, but what I did for the varsity team down at Huntington was I was a, you know, I was a stat guy. I was a, I helped coach um, with, you know, understanding, uh, understanding how to look at stats and they tell the story, right? So typically when you see a team with 29 offensive rebounds and, and the rebounds are tied, one of them has 10 offensive rebounds and the turnovers are about the same, typically the team with the more offensive rebounds is going to win the game. And yet, here we are with Middle with an 11-point loss. It's just wild to me to look at statistics and go, how? <laughs> right. Uh, but then you look at the field goal percentage and you go, oh, because Marshall shot 60% from the field. No no wonder.
2: <laughs> yeah. and it, it's – uh, yeah, they uh, – what was it? On Saturday, they got 54 points from – Kenzie and, uh, Jared West and West is their, is their point guard. I mean, he came in, he is a, you know, he's like a little fire plug point guard, but he is tough as wet leather and, uh, and, and over his career, he's now a senior over his career. He's gotten a little more playing time here, a little more playing time there. You know, they've, they've tried to recruit over him and, and he just keeps coming back and competing and, and he had twenty nine on on Saturday. He was just he got he hit his he hit his first shot, and he thought I'm I'm never going to miss another one. And that's the that was kind of the way he played, and and that's kind of the way Marshall plays. If you know, if one guy, you know, if they come out and and start well, uh, you know, it it runs and gets contagious. And but in this case, Middle was ahead fourteen nothing on Friday and nine nothing on on Saturday, and all of a sudden uh, Marshall. Turned it on, and 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 you know they don't worry about that because a, a ten point lead can change in a matter of about ninety seconds in games against them, because the pace of play is what it is. But you know, you know, Coach McDevitt was was you know really happy with the way that they executed offensively, and 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 you know he he thought they were lethargic and on defensively on Friday, but much better on on Saturday. So. You know, right now they're still in the in a good spot uh, for the tournament. Uh, you know, FIU did not gain any ground, but on the backside, Middle did not gain any ground on FAU when they had the opportunity. Now, hopefully, they can do that when they get home this weekend. And uh, yeah. one thing, uh, the other basketball notes here, and I've got a actually a a, a tennis note uh, that's of, of significance uh, today, but uh, basketball. Uh, this weekend, Lady Raiders go to Louisiana Tech. The men uh, are at home against Louisiana Tech. The league did announce the makeup games for that weekend of March fourth, fifth, and sixth, and that was the weekend they left open. Middle's uh, series against FAU that was they had to cancel it, once we were actually on the plane to go to Boca will be played in boca raton on thursday and friday march 4th and 5th and the women will host marshall uh host marshall after they had to cancel this past weekend and that'll also be on thursday friday march 4th and 5th so so that's what's going on in in uh you know in basketball do you want to mention a huge shout out to uh to uh men's tennis as they won four to three at notre dame yesterday um, Pavel model got his 100th win as a blue Raider and Francisco Rocha had a, uh, won a clutch match as they, uh, they, they won a, a huge match, uh, at Notre Dame on, on, on Saturday and Jimmy born dames team is, uh, they, 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 Jimmy, Jimmy is a, is a, uh, he is a tennis coach in a football coach's body. He coaches tennis like a football coach, and, and his guys have taken on that that toughness edge. And, and you know, they're, they're one of those that, uh, you know, you always hear about basketball teams. Coaches say you want to be the toughest team on the floor, and football coaches say the same thing. Well, well, Jimmy wants his tennis team to be the toughest tennis team on the court that day, and, and, uh, and right now they're playing really well. Yeah, I had to come back from down
1: 0-2.
3: It looks. Yes.
2: Yeah. Yep. Looks like they yep. were down and then, O2, uh,
1: and then Rocha Edge. Uh, is that modal? Model. Yeah. Pavel. Pavel Model. Yeah. Pavel Model, and then uh, Roush again with the the winner. So that was yeah. That, that's huge. And then they play Lipscomb. Uh, their next matches against Lipscomb on the twenty eighth. So that'll be
2: fun. Yeah. And And on this in the stick and ball sports, uh, believe it or not, softball got underway uh this past weekend they played uh, at the spring games in Montgomery, Alabama and opened up with a three-nothing win over New Mexico State uh then lost to Liberty eight-nothing had a game against Pitt canceled and then in a shortened game lost a 2-1 game to Liberty uh, the rest of the tournament they were had two other games against New Mexico State that were canceled and they will now go back to Montgomery this coming weekend and play Ball State, Alabama State, UT Martin, Alabama A&M, uh, among, uh, among others, uh, and, and then we'll go to Mobile the following weekend. But, so that's underway, and, and Blue Raider Baseball, if they get the snow and ice off the field by Friday, will host uh, Oakland University out of Michigan for a three-game series uh, starting on Friday at 3 o'clock
3: this is certainly weather that oakland would be used to
2: that's right they would they might have the 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 home weather advantage uh when, if that comes to pass and and uh, glad to hear your voice there mo
3: well <laughs> i'm glad for you to hear it it's um <laughs> it's, it's been quite the segment here uh we joked about signing out and signing back into the internet and maybe we need to stop joking about it and just start doing it because um it, it does seem like shift change takes place right there at ten o'clock. But um, I'm, I'm glad to be here. So sorry I missed you. I, I know you um, imparted all sorts of wisdom on us during this twenty minutes. Not, I hate that I missed it.
2: Not possibly the best twenty minutes we've ever done. Oh, I'm, that's typically <laughs> the way it works.
3: Yeah,
1: I just I just let Chip talk. That's the easiest way to get that done. Just let Chip talk, man. Because I don't, I don't know. But, choose uh, Chip. That's right. You're gonna choose Chip. And Chip, Chip had a heck of a weekend, man. When did this 48 hours start, Chip? I I need to hear the story about these 30 showings in 48 hours. Chip is also a real estate agent, and he sponsors our rundown segment on Friday. Uh, you can always uh, choose Chip.net. But I need. How did you get 30 showings in 48 hours?
2: Uh, they, they started Friday morning at nine o'clock, uh, the last one on Friday, uh, finished up about seven, they started back up at nine o'clock on Saturday and finished up uh, at six. And then, uh, in, in that amount of time, there were a total of 30 showings and we ended up getting 11 offers on that house. And I met with the sellers on Sunday morning and went through all the offers and they selected one. So it was, uh, and uh, I saw one of your comments and, and and thank goodness I did not have to be there for, for those 30 there. The buyers, realtors take care of that as they go and and take their buyers and looking at houses and stuff like that. But it was, it was a whirlwind for sure. And I actually emailed my, 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 the sellers on that property this morning. I said, Hey, said you're probably after the whirlwind we went through, you're probably saying, okay, what's next? I said, believe it or not, it's kind of a hurry up and wait. Now that we now that that's happened now, other things will take place, but it'll be at a much slower pace. Well, it'll get frenetic toward the end, but you know, we got, we got that part over with.
3: Well, I would imagine that's the big part is getting the offer and then, or offers as the case may be and picking one and, and knowing that you've got that out of the way, it's probably a little <laughs> easier to deal with that lull afterwards.
2: <laughs> that's right. That's right. And, and that, and you start looking around, okay, where's the next one? And uh, so, uh, but yeah, you're right. It, there's, and there's a process that uh, any realtor who might be listening, they all know the process that you go through from inspections to appraisals and, you know, all that kind of thing, and then work your way toward closing. So it is uh, each one of them is uh, in, the, in and there's not a single one that is exactly same, the same as the other. They all have their own, personality and dynamic to them. So you just, you work with that and, and, uh, and just, you know, try to assure everybody on both sides that, that, Hey, you're, you're, uh, you're, we all have the same goal. Once, once it's under contract, the goal is to get it to closing. So that's, that, that's what we do.
3: I don't guess there will be any inspections going on today.
2: You know, I, I'm sure there are, uh, believe it or not, but th- we, th- we haven't been scheduled on this house yet. But, but uh, you know, I, I would I would imagine that there were probably lots of home inspections scheduled around today. And is, is you know, I would not want to be a home inspector. I, I, I don't have any <laughs> desire to go under the houses and uh, and meet up with what may be there. But uh, you know, You're it's. Right. Uh, you know what what may happen on inspections today is that they uh they might uh you know the the the, uh, in, the outside part of the inspection may go a little quicker than than normal and you know the inspector might have to go back and take a look at the roof later on but uh but uh, yeah it's it's probably it's probably a little bit different today
1: Oh no doubt, Chip. Thanks so much for hanging out with us today. We appreciate you as always on Monday dropping the MTSU knowledge, man.
2: Well, guys, take care. We we are going to have, we have, actually have our coaches shows on Monday nights, and we just made the decision earlier that we're going to do that one totally uh, by by Zoom tonight. We normally have, this year been we've been doing them live this year uh, from the Hall of Fame. We normally are out, out at a restaurant or or. or uh, Place like that, but uh, tonight we're going to be uh, we're going to be by Zoom, so you can catch it on the Blue Raider Athletics Facebook page. Uh, and if you want to check that out tonight, Coach Ensel at six and Coach McDevitt at seven. Tell Rick I said hey. I will do that.
1: <laughs> All right, Chip, you, you guys have a good you one. By the law, so Blake. Oh, you too, man. Uh, brought to you each week by the law office of Blake Kelly. Give him a call 615-305-4539, or visit him on Facebook or Instagram. That was fun. Welcome back, Mo.
3: Thank you. Glad to, good have to you. be good to be here.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I, I don't understand. I gotta I gotta figure out how to get my internet to re to restart at ten o'clock just so we can leave JP hanging. I'm kidding.
3: <sighs> yeah, I'm sure it's comfortable. Don't do that.
1: <laughs> oh man! All right. So when we come back, we are going to talk about uh, NASCAR. We're going to talk about uh, we're going to talk about the Preds and their reverse retro jerseys. And get your thoughts on that. And then college hoops in the last segment. Plenty to talk about as we continue on Southern Middle Tennessee sports today. We'll be right back. This. Hey, folks. While we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership, and outside of the military, our greatest leader-building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com.
3: If you've listened to this show, you know Chris and I are always down for a good meal,
0: high school sports and beyond it's on southern middle tennessee sports today
1: welcome back into the show as you can see on facebook live if you are watching uh murray county public schools are closed tomorrow so i guess that means we probably won't be playing basketball tomorrow either uh in high school hoops so there's that uh if you're not watching on facebook live and you would like to interact with the show we would love to have you do so just uh search Southern Middle Tennessee Sports on Facebook and you'll see our live video. Um, My dad commented last hour, because apparently he didn't realize, you know, we're talking high school sports, that Malzahn, uh, (laughs) Gus Malzahn, is uh, potentially headed to Central Florida or as they prefer to be called, UCF. Um, When's the last time a... a, a, um, School like UCF went after a coach they beat.
3: <laughs> I don't know that it happens that often, but um, that's I, odd, I, right? I, I like Chuck breaking news for us, though. So yeah, that's that's good stuff.
1: Uh, I thought that was an interesting choice to go with. Uh, <laughs> Tennessee hired Josh Heupel away from UCF, and UCF managed to upgrade by hiring Gus Malzon. <laughs> according to uh, Barrett Salee there.
3: Well, Nick, Nick Cole at Nick Cole Sports made the same point. Tennessee hired UCF's AD, UCF's AD hired UCF's coach, and UCF hired a, coach, a better coach who was available to Tennessee, Peak balls.
1: Well, I don't know if he was available to Tennessee or not, to be honest. I'm not sure he would have taken the job, but that's neither here nor well, there. Well, he was available. Oh, he was available to speak to. I don't know that he was available to hire. It's my my point. Oh, man. So, last night, after a five and a half hour delay, NASCAR decided to continue with its uh, Daytona 500 after a huge wreck on lap 13 that took out 16 cars. And... On Friday, Mo and I made a bet with the chicken man that Too Bubba Walsh would, 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 finish, would finish better than 15th. 15th would have been a push. Um, and Bubba finished 16th last night. <laughs> uh, a lap down. And let, let's just put it this way. It wasn't really Bubba's fault. Now, I don't know if you guys watched the – the race or not, but in the third stage, green flag pit stops, the most of the Fords pitted first and then Chevy's came in, but the the Toyotas stayed out for an extra lap and there were only four of them on the track because one of them was involved in that first wreck on lap thirteen. So they get into the pit area and when they come, they they all get two tires and fuel. They got two right side tires and fuel, so they all came out about the same time. But Denny Hamlin kind of left the group a little bit. Kyle Bush was stuck in the middle, and then Bubba was in the back on the backside because he was running fifteenth at the time. And next thing I know, none of them are getting any push whatsoever, and here comes everybody else. Uh, passing the Toyotas and on on the other side of the track after everybody gets up to speed uh, Toyotas were sitting about 10th anywhere from 10th to 15th except Bubba has a vibration on one of his wheels uh, from a lug nut issue I assume And had to go back into pit and lost that lap. So not only did his crew decide to pit late, they messed up the late pit stop, causing him to go a lap back and uh, probably would have finished top ten otherwise as the other Toyotas did, but um, was not the case because he had to come in for that extra pit stop. So tough luck for Bubba last night. Tough luck for a lot of cars as Michael McDowell gets the win, and McDowell was just lucky enough to not be in the
3: last lap wreck. And tough luck for us.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> Is because it really, though? Because we owe T. Willie lunch.
1: That's okay. <laughs> I mean, it's still, we still get to eat wings either way. It's That's not true. That big
0: of a it's deal. it's a win win. It's not that big a deal. Yeah.
3: I just hate losing,
0: Chris. I, yeah,
1: I, especially in that situation. Yeah. Sorry,
0: Chris. I wanted to ask you because you are the uh, of the three of us are NASCAR aficionado, and, and without question, uh, I I I caught the end last night as well and was fascinated how much um, cohesion there was between the manufacturers, as you talked about. All the Fords came in first. Then on the next lap, the Chevys came in. Another lap and a half, the Toyotas, what little there were. And that particular strategy obviously made the difference at the end of this race. And I'm, I don't rec- – now, you know, I don't watch races every Sunday. I do watch the Daytona almost every year. But I don't recall that much cohesion between manufacturers as I saw last night. Is this something new? where the teams, uh, the manufacturers are all coming together, and who orchestrates all that? Because they were, not only were they all coming in together, but they were all getting the same type of um, a pit stop, whether it be two tires, whether it be right or left, or you know, what have you, so they could all come back out together so they could form that line and push everybody forward.
1: It's not really cohesion necessarily with the teams. It's just the way that you're going to run that stop particularly. I mean, everybody has pretty much the same uh, strategy, at, on super speedways now, once you get into the, into the short tracks and the, and the road courses, you may get a little extra, uh, you know, somebody may take four tires instead of two tires on these short tracks or of, cause you're just turning more, um, it, it, on super speedways, it's pretty easy to just go with right side or left side tires, um, at any point because you're just not, there isn't a, a really sharp turn anywhere. Even in the trial, I mean, you're, you're pretty well, straight for most of the, the night now because they are manufactured kind of the the the, the engines are manufactured basically the same way mm-hmm. so you're going to get similar times out of your you know those those teams so when you have the penskis and the roushes and those those folks like they're going they're going to run together because that's just they know that they've got um, just like the Gibbs, the Gibbs Toyotas, they basically have the same engine, uh, and Bubba's car is basically a fourth Gibbs car.
0: But so, is the, it, was but there not coordination though between you know because all the Fords, somebody has to, you know, I mean, I, I, that's not just a coincidence, is it? That that's their strategy. It's not
1: a coincidence, but that that is the strategy. It's not that there's anybody coordinating. on that particular it, lap. Just, it makes sense. Yeah, it just makes sense to pit with those guys because you basically have the same engine. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, but I mean, I think the the circumstances at that point of the race are so dramatically different than where they started. It's just, um, and and hearing the announcers last night, they seemed to uh, inuate that uh, there was coordination between that. And I'm just curious who kind of settles all of that. I mean, is there some big Ford? Um, high up guy that's there that says, "Okay, time, time to pit.
1: Bring them all in." Yeah, the guy, the guy in front, whoever the leader is of that group is going to make that decision, and everybody else is going to follow. Him. Okay, you see, did you, you see how the Toyotas got to the bottom of the track, or the or the, the Chevys on that second lap got uh-huh. to the bottom of the track, and they said, "Are they going to make a move? Or are they going to pit?" Yep. Well, they pit yep. because the the first Chevy got out of line, so they all followed that guy. That was kind. Of, I mean, that's who makes that decision.
0: Okay, so the lead lead manufacturer, driver, and team kind of uh, spearheads those types of decisions in this particular situation, right?
1: Yes. Gotcha. So that's typically how it works. It was, you know, and Daytona is such a, very similar to Talladega, you know, you're going to have a big wreck or two, and you just kind of got to, you got to make it through. That's that's really the the key is just make it through. Um, I felt really bad for Brad Keselowski last night because he had no no real chance. Joey Logano uh, with a, a poor block attempt uh, caused a wreck on the final lap, and I was really upset because I you know used to NASCAR made you race back to the stripe like that's who that's how you decided who won. But because there were cars on fire, they pretty much had to throw out the caution flag giving McDowell the win. I think Chase Elliott would have won the race. He made a great move right there as the caution was was dropped. Had they allowed them to race back, I think Chase Elliott would have won, but that's neither here nor there. Well,
0: Chase point. did take the lead very uh, for a slight moment after that wreck, and McDowell, I believe, got back in front of him, and that's when the caution um was uh they flagged it at, at that point and uh, I think McDowell actually did beat him back to the line of course it didn't matter at that point but uh yeah Chase Elliott well, had he, a chance he, did, he so did pull ahead of him uh but McDowell got back to the lead uh when they called the Mc, um,
1: McDowell got back well that's because he they dropped the they dropped the after the race Chase was talking and he said I saw the yellow light come on so I knew it was over there okay. was no reason to, to so bomb. it did
0: happen okay before he took the lead okay that wasn't clear. Yes. that wasn't clear during the, um, of course, during the broadcast. And you know that's not an easy thing to determine. You got to have the right camera angles, and that's why it took them. It took them, what five minutes to, to declare McDowell the winner.
1: Yeah, yeah. That, I thought Fox had a great graphic though, where they had a, a, yeah. a faux finish line where they overlaid it, mm-hmm. and that was pretty interesting. I, I liked that a lot. Um, it, but that was what. Yeah. So Chase Chase made the move. And then as soon as he made the move he saw that the gotcha. yellow was out and so he backed off that's and how okay the race to the end because there's no there's no reason to race to the end once the yellow was out he knew the race was over yeah he would he would have um,
0: he would have won that for sure
1: i, I definitely definitely because he certainly had the faster car mm-hmm. of the two i don't think there was any question for that i mean mcDowell mcDowell nearly wrecked Bubba in the early in that third stage bumping him and it was I, I mean mcDowell just Anyway, I haven't. Really, he wrecked Bubba last year on purpose in the all-star race, and I just had an issue <laughs> with it. So, but I, I thought they, I thought they should have maybe tried to make a move before the last lap, at least maybe two or three to go. But you know, I, clearly, nobody had the guts to do that. They wanted to wait till that last that last turn into the trial, So it is what it is. Um,
3: as long as we're doing NASCAR 101, Chris. Sure. Explain to me the purpose of, of stages. Is that to bring the field back together or what, what, what purpose exactly to, is served by that? Because that's not always been a thing. Has so it? do you,
1: you notice how uh, at the end of stages there are a lot of cars racing to the, the finish line? It's basically like ending a race. It's like you get points for winning a stage. And especially going toward the playoffs and the championships. So you want to win the stage when you can because obviously it helps you get into the playoffs. Now, that's not always been a thing. But in the past when it wasn't, it was just a lot of single file racing for, two, for 195 laps. And then they decided to go do whatever because everybody just was trying to finish the race. Mm. Now, there's something on the line throughout the middle of the race. So it's not just single file wall riding. as like, like we like to call it.
3: (laughs) Okay. Okay. All right.
1: It just, it it just makes it more exciting throughout the entire race. And I I thought it was, I thought, I thought the first two stages were way more exciting than the last one. The last one, you could tell everybody was just trying to get You know, they were just trying to get to the end. (laughs) So
0: hold on. Stay in that uh, line. That's yeah, I mean, they are just that trying line. to
1: get to the end. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it was just unfortunate what happened at the end. But oh, real quick before we get to break, the Preds are, posted, are, are playing Dallas tonight. I guess they're in Dallas. Is that correct? I believe they are. I would
3: assume so since they've been at home for the last couple with Detroit.
1: They are at Dallas. I assume they're going to play since they're probably already there. Uh, no reason not to. And it's reverse retro game day, which means they'll be wearing. I'm not sure if they're going to be wearing yellow, and if they are, why on the road? But whatever, um, they're going to wear the the gold. What used to be the blue, you know, the the old school blue. Lo, uh, mm-hmm. Those first with the the interesting looking numbers. Have you guys seen the the reverse retros? What, what do you no, guys?
3: No, I I just want to see the team reverse retro to. About four years ago, when they were good,
1: right. Um, but I, I really, I really think that these are cool. I like the uh, the, the the shoulder stripe that's that's kind of silver, and it's got that old Fred logo on it. The like the original logo, not the side profile, but the kind of quarter profile front look on the shoulder, and I love those those numbers so. Big fan of the reverse retros. A lot of people aren't, so I I like them, though.
3: I don't care what they wear. Just win.
1: Well, they're not going to win tonight. and (laughs) They're not going to win any any other time they play Dallas, so you might as well write that down, uh, unfortunately. And speaking of hockey, the Preds Cup in high school, Brentwood and NBA, has been postponed to next week. That is the Preds Cup championship. It was supposed to be tonight, I think, uh, but it has now been postponed to next week so they will not play the high school preds cup state championship game tonight all right that's it when we come back i'm gonna take a quick break here when we come back we'll talk college hoops and one other interesting note about some i guess pro football we'll let you know what it is on the other side of this southern middle tennessee sports today
0: Middle Tennessee Sports Today, the sports talk show you've always wanted.
1: Welcome back in to the sports talk show you've always wanted, Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. We are happy to bring you some exciting coverage of ridiculous sports, such as the fan-controlled football league, <laughs> texted you guys over the weekend. And it was absolutely crazy. Did, have you guys seen anything about this? I mean did did you did you do any research at all about it? No. Guys, the coin there's no coin toss in this. Do you know how they decide who gets the ball first?
3: They just throw it out there at the 50 and whoever gets it first gets it. I don't know.
1: Well, first of all, there's no 50. Oh, there's The field's only 50 yards long. So all Right. Just like arena ball. It's like a, yeah, it's okay, a like arena. Is, huh? So, it's so, in an arena. It's in Duluth, Georgia, and they decide who gets the ball via paper, rock, scissors. Nice. <laughs> there are no special teams plays, so no kicking at all. You just get the ball under 10, and you get to go. Um, okay. the The fans choose the play, so there's no coaches. The fans choose the play, right, and – you get to choose between four run plays, four pass plays, and you vote whatever gets the whatever play gets the most votes. That's what they run. Uh, the clock doesn't stop. The games are one hour long, and it's kind of annoying because it takes a little bit too long to to get the play in.
0: I was going to say, how does that they, get to the quarterback?
1: Uh I mean it's it's radioed in, so like somebody's watching the vote. Yeah. And they just radio into the helmet. Which I don't enjoy that part because again, it just takes too long to get to the quarterback, so it's kind of slow uh developing. Now Johnny Manziel is playing in this league and <laughs> he makes some incredible plays. In fact, I don't know if you did you guys see that uh that play at the end of the, the game against the uh I guess it was the Zap. I don't even I don't know what the names are. Uh but he ran around for about twenty minutes and threw a pass and the guy almost scored a touchdown um, to win the game. But it's pretty interesting. I think uh I think it could be something. Obviously it's it's dumb, but uh <laughs> it uh it, it could be something to, to fill some time. I don't know.
0: It's different.
1: It's it's just it's kind of it, they just got to get some some stuff worked out. I mean it's 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 streamed live on Twitch. So uh, do you guys know what Twitch is?
0: I know what it is. Mm-hmm. I have never been I, on it.
3: I've heard the yes that
0: yeah that I, I'm not a gamer, so that's probably why I've never so, been
1: uh, on it. Right? Yeah. If you're if you're not a gamer, you're probably not going to be on it. But you can watch stuff live on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marshawn Lynch and both Richard Sherman, he and Richard Sherman, are owners in this league. Oh, wow. Um. Yeah, and there's a former JSU Gamecock in the league. I found that out this
3: morning. Well, this is one of those deals for people who clearly would watch football. You, if it's football, that's all it has to be, and so I'm I'm not necessarily there.
1: Well, I'm not going to watch this when I can watch FCS football, which is now being played as McNeese State, was an overtime winner over Charlton State, 40-37 to 37 on Saturday. And then we've got games starting Friday night. We've got games on Saturday. And we've got games on Sunday here in Nashville.
3: Yep. You, and, you've you got one on Sunday that you are keeping an eye on. Have you figured out if you're going or not?
1: Uh, i just got to figure out how to get there. Just got to figure out how to get in the building.
3: I don't, I don't think that'll be a problem.
1: Well, we're going to figure that out today. Yeah. Uh, Samford travels up to East Tennessee State on Saturday, so that should be fun. But real quick before we get out of here, because we only have three minutes left, I want to talk to you about that Texas A&M UT uh, women's game that we watched during the break of NASCAR. Mm-hmm. Tough loss for the Vols, the Lady Vols, but you got to be proud of the way that that team has played this year coming off of a tough season last year to go into Texas A&M, 19-1 on the year, eight wins over ranked opponents, and just, you know, they had a shot.
3: They did have a shot until um, A&M got that three-pointer from the corner late to, I think, extend a two-point lead to five, and... There was no Davis com-
1: couldn't, yeah, yeah, couldn't that- complete the three-point play on the other side.
3: And there was no coming back from that for UT, I don't think. Um, you know, Gary Blair always does a great job. always got great teams. And this one, like you said, eight wins over ranked opponents. I think they still got South Carolina out there to end the season. So they are, um, they've still got a lot in front of them. I think they're playing for certainly a number two and maybe a number one seed in the women's tournament u t still a young bunch um when they're getting the play out of Marta Suarez that they're getting as a freshman you know the the future bodes well for them and and you know they're not done this year either. It's just that against that top flight competition like an a and m they just haven't quite figured how to get over the hump just yet well.
1: I'm excited to watch this team going forward. I think Kelly Harper's got them playing in the right direction and I'm really pumped to see Tennessee get back to what they should be and always have been. All right. Let's, uh, let's get out of here for Monday. It's been a great Monday. Uh, we'll probably be back same issues tomorrow. So we'll, (laughs) we'll figure out our internet and, and try to make it work. But, uh, Nonetheless, we appreciate you guys joining us. If you missed any part of the show, check out the podcast, SM-TN Sports Today, wherever you get your podcasts. It will be in two different hours today, the high school segment in one and the second hour in another segment. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Make sure that uh, you guys check that out. We appreciate you guys listening. Follow us on Twitter at SM-TN Sports. And on Instagram as well. Find us on Facebook uh, and uh, sm-tnsports.com for all your high school sports coverage. For Maurice Patton and J.P. Plant, I'm Chris Yao. Saying stay cool, Columbia.